Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. Friday night in the kingdom of doom All ravens fly across the moon Hello, welcome to iFanboy Special Edition, Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and the Animation Brain Trust has convened Paul Montgomery. Hark. And Ryan Haupt. A vagrant. Um, no, uh, thank you for letting me join. You didn't have to, but you did, and I appreciate it. And we are here to talk about the latest DC Universe animated original film. Paul, what number? This is the 666th. Sixth. <laughs> it's the 51st, where we think. It depends on how you count full-length film. Yeah. Yes. And so there'll be spoilers in this conversation. This is a Elseworld story. It's not part of the Tomorrowverse. It's not part of any shared universe. It's its own thing based on the November 2000 Elseworlds tale, Batman the Doom of Gotham, which was a miniseries written by Mike Mignola and Richard Pace and drawn by Troy Nixie. And I had never read this. Had you guys read this before? I read this a very long time ago, and I intentionally wanted to watch the movie, and then I went back and read it again. But I, I'd sort of like forgotten a lot of it by the time I, I watched it. I think I only ever read Gotham by Gaslight. I don't think I ever... Is this, is this a direct no. follow-up to that? No, okay. it is not. It feels like a companion piece. Like if they wanted to put these two in like a, you know, a bind-up, like it's, this would be this is a good companion to that. I almost watched this just imagining that it was a, a Gotham by Gaslight sequel. Like still well, that, that took place in the 1880s in, in England. And this yeah, is no, there were parts of this where I was confused because I thought I got the era <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is the 1920s. Uh, you see them um, pouring out moonshine and liquor. Yeah, yeah the prohibitions on and yep. bootlegger Ollie Queen. We'll talk about. Mm. But yeah, so this is a 1920s tale where Bruce Wayne has been traveling the globe since his parents' murder. And in this animated version, anyway, he collects three little Robins, Dick Grayson, a version of Cassandra Kane, Kaylee Kane, and a version of Jason Todd. It's, um, what was his name? It was... Uh, it's spelled differently. They pronounce it Todd. It's Sanjay Todd, T-A-W-D-E, Sanjay Todd, J Todd. Yeah, Sanjay J Todd, T-A-W-D-E. Yeah. In the book, it's Dick, Jason, and Tim. And mm. here, uh, Cassandra Kane, Kylie Kane takes the place of Tim. I see. Once again, Tim kicked down a hole. That yep. would be seen again. Wow, I never thought I'd see the day where Tim Drake would just be 
shunt it off to the side. <laughs> shunt it out onto an ice floor. And I'm a Tim guy, and you think I'd be outraged, but I actually like this change. I'm glad that both versions exist. That's the fun of an adaptation. There's some interesting differences between the book and the movie, and um, but I like in the movie that it's that it's Cassandra, and it's and it's the idea that he's uh, that Bruce has gone like all over the world and is an, is a explorer and has adopted these kids, and now is going to be coming back to Gotham and settling down. But there's a lot going on do you think in... he legally adopted them or just i think he 1920s adopted them <laughs> just come on my boat and that's what happens it's like portland like you just you, you stumble down <laughs> into a into a hole and you are shanghai you were shanghai yeah yeah all right so on their on their journey they they stumble across an event in the is in the arctic where were they i don't remember where they were in the beginning i think they were in the antarctic i think they were doing like a shackleton they were kind of doing a shackleton riff um, Shackleton and was the explorer who led an expedition. There are penguins. They got, they got yeah, stuck in the penguins. ice for there. There is a, a penguin, a and there are penguins, and there are big penguins. Guys are interrupting and my so, history. And so, and yeah, it's okay. So then, <coughs> accidentally unleashing evil, eldritch horror. Yeah. So already there in the first place. I enjoyed this, but I don't know if I liked it. Does that make sense? Sure. It's not my kind of story. Okay. And so. I like, I always like an Elseworlds story. I always like to see the differences and the character, mm-hmm. how these characters fit in 1920s and what, you know, what's changed and, you know, Harvey's running for mayor and, you know, Ollie Queen's a bootlegger. Like that stuff's always fun. And I really enjoy that stuff. And I enjoy seeing, you know, different things. It's just, uh, you know, the kind of horror that this delves into sort of, sort of, I mean, how do you. Cosmic horror. Eldritch. Is Eldritch the, the word? Sure. Not in my wheelhouse, but okay. So, I, I, like, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it, but didn't tickle my funny bone. What did you guys think? I really liked this. I liked it a lot. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Really, really enjoyed. I it. adored this. <laughs> this is like <laughs> top three for me. Ooh, yeah, top three all time. Yep. Interesting. I thought it was very well made. I think it's very well made. I think the pacing is really good. A lot of times, I feel like, um, well, it helps that this isn't like going for comedy. Because I feel like sometimes when they go for comedy, their timing is kind of off and it feels awkward. And with this, I thought it was really atmospheric. It had a just a really a good pace for what? Well, how long was this one? Because well, usually, I was they, mention, they this is rushed. a feature length film. This is ninety okay. minutes. Yeah, it feels like it's not rushed. So when these movies started, they were seventy minutes, and this yes. then they creeped up into the eighties, and this was a full ninety minutes, which is like the minimum for feature length. Interesting. Okay, around there, so that's why. This felt. I remember at one point I was like, "Wow, they're really they're really doing a lot here." And then I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. shit, this is ninety minutes." Yeah, I really liked the design of everything in this. The, I mean, I almost felt like this is one of the closest films that we've had that that sort of mirrors the Batman animated series style since Tim left doing since Bruce Tim stopped doing these movies. Like I thought the way that mm-hmm. they did Batman's cowl and face and narrowing eyes, I was like, "Oh man, I'm getting Tim vibes. This is great." Yeah. So this, mm-hmm. the, so the original the the three issue uh, miniseries was not. Me and Connor were thinking, we went in thinking this was Mike Mignola had drawn this, but actually yeah. he just wrote it. But it's very much in the style of Mike Mignola. It's Troy Nixie did the pencils on it with Dennis Janke on inks. And the movie doesn't lean hard into that visual style. It it does feel more like their house style, I would say, but it's very polished. It looks really nice. It's very dark and, and atmospheric, which fits the tone of it again they're not going for for laughs here which the book does hmm. the book has has Mignola's like wry sense of humor like there are lines where batman feels like hellboy actually it's, it's mm. kind of interesting 
like not ah crap, but I think he says like ah shit at one point or ah right. oh boy or something like that. And it just it felt very much like Hellboy. But it's like it's very creepy. They've done stuff like we mentioned Gotham by Gaslight, and that I think was a successful adaptation. It's very different than the original that original story. Yes, which is cool. But this is like one of the creepier stories that they've done, and it it actually feels like effective horror, which I, I really appreciated. It's different than a lot of the other stuff they've done. And it it goes places. Major characters die. Characters transform like forever. Mm. So it's making use of that Elseworlds. Oh, yeah. Um, you, I mean, license. this is totally, it dives deep into that. The big bad turns out to be Ra's al Ghul or in this, you know, Ra's or Ra's, depending on which production we're talking about. This one, in this one, he's Ra's and right. very bearded. Mm-hmm. Talia is his, you know, right hand she gets killed. like like it was a good uh, elseworld story in that mm-hmm. it really dived deep into the batman world there's a ton of characters in here i kept getting yeah impressed by like oh they're bringing this guy in oh they're doing that like i was i was mm-hmm. legitimately surprised by how many different little facets of the batverse we get to see in one single film like there's a take on the penguin there's a take yeah. on mr freeze it's, he's not called mr freeze but it's a, a, you know you see like this frozen ship in the, in gotham harbor and it's this really cool visual there's a take killer on croc. killer croc. Yeah. Again, a very creepy design with like the teeth exposed the way they were. The movie, actually, I started off watching the movie and I was not into it until it got to the introduction of Jason Blood hmm. and Etrigan. And that's where it started delving into the, like a lot of the really supernatural stuff. And like it visually got darker because when they're in the, in the, um, the Antarctic, it's very bright. Yeah. They're there during the day, but then as they get into Gotham, that environment was really yeah. It's much more fun when they get back to that urban gothic horror Mm -hmm. situation, and it's rhyming Etrigan too. It's they they had fun with that, and it's just cool. It's uh, if if you like cosmic horror, and it felt to me like okay, so Marvel just did the um, Werewolf by Night feature, and that is very much was it a feature? I thought it was a special. A special. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very much a send up and a love letter to the universal horror movie, the, the monster movies, the big like Dracula yeah. and Frankenstein and stuff. This feels like a modernization of that. It's not as melodramatic as Werewolf by Night was, but even when you get to the end credits, it's, it's very much like a black and white style. Like, I thought like that was it feels very that was very cool looking. This is a great treatment, but it's not like it doesn't feel like a pastiche. It just it feels like a, the modern answer to that stuff. That what was it called the the dark universe uh, extended universe that never got off the ground after oh, um, yeah Tom Cruise's uh, the mummy movie thing. Yeah. yeah this this Listen, feels he was tra- like he was busy saving movies. He- <laughs> <laughs> this feels like uh, a realization of of those old movies if you love those. So I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse, but I, this is a hearty recommendation for me. And I would say if you haven't read the book and you're not familiar with the story pause this and go watch the movie because there's it's full of cool surprises because of the places they're able to go with the characters yeah for sure i really liked oliver queen's character yes i thought he was a fun version of him you know bruce's pal he's a drunk he's a bootlegger but he has this family weight we find out that several characters have the weight of history on them from their families mm-hmm. which i was surprised by that revelation i was like oh interesting well, there's a lot of things that they did in this that made me do that this was definitely like i said it's not my favorite kind of story so i didn't love it mm-hmm. but I recognize that it was, I thought it was really well written. I thought the animation was strong. As I said, the pacing was strong. So Jace Ricci, I guess, wrote the screenplay based on Mignola and Pace's story. And Christopher Berkeley and Sam Liu were the directors. And I thought this was, as a, as a production, one of their stronger efforts. And it was interesting that they 
did this on I mean, who knows about these films, but you know, this is sort of off the beaten path, sort of a weird I would say it's a weird one in yes. a good way. And yeah. it's interesting that they went a whole hog on the, the weird one. And I mean, I'd say I mean, there's not huge names on this, but I think it's a really talented cast. The voice cast is terrific. Ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. I love David Guntoli's Batman. I think it was great. From the TV show Grimm. So yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's Bruce Wayne, Batman. Christopher Gorham, we've seen a lot. He has been Barry Allen in um, right. a lot of them. Yeah. He gave a kind of a, a rough and raggedy Oliver Queen that didn't always work for me. Okay. Well, it's, it's a totally this, this different This one's a drunk. You know, like yeah. he's, uh, his voice has been ravaged by alcohol. I thought it was good. And then he also has like an interesting turn as like a Templar knight, basically. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, what is going on? Yeah, when that stuff got revealed, I was more into what was going on with Ollie. So that was good. I was like, whoa, shit. So having just read the comic, in the movie, Kylie finds him in the church in his like full Templar getup. And she's yeah. like, whoa, what's happening, Mr. Queen? And in the comic, it's it's Tim who finds him. And it's a very like Mignola moment where Tim's like, uh, what's this now? Uh, like, what? <laughs> This is odd and um, walks into it. And it's very much like the Templar Knight in, in like uh, Indiana Jones in the, the Last Crusade. I love that trope of, of like the Templar Knight who, who has waited all of this time, like like centuries, basically, mm-hmm. only for one brief moment. Like what it amounts to like yeah. a 45 minute climax to their story. What a letdown. Uh, yeah. 300 years. Mm-hmm. With a film... That's 90 minutes. You get time to run around inside, not side stories, but side bits that might have gotten chopped in a 70-minute version. So I like the little bits of Harvey Dent running for mayor, and then he gets poisoned by Poison Ivy, and that's how he gets the two-faced look. I, I like that we were able to go around and sort of explore a little bit more, breathe a little bit. The story really, I think it was helped by having breathing room. So there's a a moment in the comic that I really liked that is in the movie, but they don't have the caption box because going from one medium to another, the moment where Batman encounters Harvey when he's like gone full mutation where his whole left side has become this big tumorous, like, and he goes through a portal. I don't know if it reads exactly in the movie, but in the comic, the next scene when Batman goes through that portal, the caption is inside Harvey Dent. So it's like that mm. portal is like part of Harvey. Like that is gross. A construct of it. Yeah, it's it's really gross. And I just like that's something you can only do in comics, really, is that caption box. And it just made me laugh out loud. It's so it's so creepy, but also just really funny. And um, there's a lot of just like great body horror stuff going on in here. And Batman goes through a transformation. Etrigan's pretty gross. You see Penguin and Etrigan uh, bare ass. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah, it's PG-13. They go, well, they go all out. It was interesting because you didn't really know. I mean, if you hadn't read the book, like I, I hadn't read the book, or if you didn't remember the book, you didn't really know where it was going to go. You didn't really mm-hmm. know how it was going to turn. And then Batman turning into a giant bat was not something I had thought was going to happen. And then living in that, like at the end, he's gone. Bruce is dead and he is just a bat. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting. I mean, I guess I should have been because it's it a horror movie, but like it just took interesting twists and turns. Barbara Gordon's <laughs> role as the Oracle who talks to dead people. I was like, okay. Why not? Let's just throw it all in the in the pot. At that point, I was buying into anything they were selling. It's just that it was more horror than I'm into. But like that, there was always a surprise around every turn and every. It's, it's very imaginative, and I think in you know a period now where 
pretty much everything is multiverse, 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 and like mm-hmm. variants of characters that we know. I think this is a particularly inventive one. And it's and a lot of it is it comes from the source material, which is now like over 20 years old. Right. But also just works. I mean, Batman's a character that maps into this in this type of story nicely. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, and that's, I think, that's sort of the beauty of Batman, right? That's why he works so well in in Elseworlds, is because you can just put him in any, in any era and any kind of genre of story, and it kind of works. It's also felt like a better showing for Alfred than we've gotten in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Brian George is really great, like classic Alfred. Mm-hmm. He's like the most recognizable character. <laughs> like like everybody else right. has like a it's a slight it's a different version of what we normally see, but it's just straight up Alfred in his same old suit with the mustache and. He's great, and it's a, it's it's a great performance, and I really like hearing Jeffrey Combs as uh, Kirk Langstrom in a in a brief role. He's got his his Lovecraft bona fides in a Reanimator, so it was fun to see him. It's a it's a really inspired cast list. Patrick Fabian from uh, Better Call Saul as a uh, Harvey Dent, awesome choice. Uh, David Dastmalkian, who's been doing a couple of these, he just like yep. he, he pops up all over the place. He's in the rotation now. Yeah, in live action and in animation. So he plays Grendon, which is their sort of take on um, Mr. Freeze. I, I was very impressed. I just like, I, I just, I want to be as effusive as possible because I feel like I don't usually get to be on these. <laughs> like, I feel like I've been down on these lately. Well, this is like made for you, right? I was, There's a lot of things that you are just in, in yeah. Paul's, you know, wheelhouse. And it was really well done. That's yeah. the thing. If it had just been the story, but it had been kind of cheapo animation and. You know, bad yeah, bad performances. There's, there's, I mean, there's so much. I mean, Lovecraft is super problematic as a person. Cosmic horror. There are a lot of great people who've brought stuff to that literary uh, legacy over over many many decades. So I just, I, I like it as a whole. There's so much Cthulhu out there. Uh huh. It's sort of reached a saturation point. So you're not going to get me just by you know wagging your tentacles at me. It has to be good too. <laughs> and I think this is a really good script and. I think it's, you know, top to bottom, really great. I was just very, very impressed. Is there anything you didn't like about it? There's a couple things that I miss from the comic, which I didn't know until I had revisited the comic after watching the movie. And that's Mm -hmm. in the movie, Bruce goes through his transformation into a bat creature kind of all at once in that final battle. In the comic, it sort of happens over time. So that the bit in the movie where he goes to the cemetery after um, they've buried Jay and uh, Dick, he's just Bruce Wayne in the movie. In the comic, right. he's literally still in his Batman costume with a fedora and a suit because <laughs> underneath the costume, the transformation is already happening. And he's like oh, okay. turning into like a corpse, basically. And and like he he turns into more of a, like a um, like an actual bat looking creature in the comic, like like the big nose. Uh, like the, the art's really interesting. I'm looking at yeah. it now, and it's yes. It's like Mignola plus Sam Keith plus mm-hmm. somebody else. I can't think of at the moment, but it's it's not what I was expecting at all when I downloaded this. Going into it, I was a little disappointed that they hadn't leaned more heavily into the Mignola style. But on the other side of it, I think that's actually a good choice because it's more striking the descent into horror, seeing it in their house style. And if they had started out with the very heavy shadows of this original book and what you're used to from Mignola and, and books that are drawn like in his house style, it's kind of, you're already there. You're already into a very creepy world. And this actually has like a, a progression into that 
that um, that third act where everything gets really crazy and people are turning into bat creatures and stuff. So right. um, I think it works really well. Yeah, I felt like there were Mignola in the DNA. Again, he didn't draw the book, but I felt like there was Mignola in the DNA. Uh, like it was very shadow heavy and very. There was some designs that felt very much like. I guess it makes sense if they were basically enough the designs of the book. There's like Batman. There's a moment where he's he's doing surveillance on somebody. I think it's the it's the guy on the phone with Talia, the, the doctor. Batman's got like this like freaker gear that's like very. It's not quite steampunk, but it's you know like like Tesla coil kind of. Yeah, I like the bat that, tech in the book. He also at one point has like a yeah. cool like UV flashlight where he can look for handprints and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I like how they're giving him some techie things, but they're stylized in such a way that they match this world, even if they're a little bit. Yeah, and there's a little less of that in the in the movie. It's more in the book, but it, yeah. And um, the movie does now. Now they're sort of blending together. The movie does have the cool looking Batmobile, right? You do see it briefly, I think, towards the end, where it's it just looks like a like a racing car of the mm-hmm. of the period, right? That's always fun when you go to when you see like historic. Yeah, prohibition was the origin of, of yeah. stock car racing. It was when you know guys started kitting out their cars to drive really fast mm-hmm. and look like a normal car. Yeah, so they could drive alcohol around. <laughs> First of all, I mean, the, you got to keep the cost down, right? And so the easiest way to not make it expensive is to not try to ape a style like a different style, but to still live in that mm. zone but make tweaks. I thought that, I thought it worked. I, mean, I think it works to have it be looking kind of like a normal DC animation so that when it does go weird, it's more jarring than if it starts mm-hmm. out looking weird. Exactly. Like there's amazing screw on head. There's the animation with Paul Giamatti doing the voice of uh, screw on head. And that is very much in the style of Mignola, but it like that you're through the looking glass. You're in this weird world already from the jump mm-hmm. with this. It's more familiar trappings. And then you go on that journey with Batman. And I thought that it was really cool seeing like, there's that trope of like he has amnesia, like he has this. He went on this 20 year journey out at sea, but before that, he had had like this, this trauma, this crisis where he actually saw into the void. Like he had the Lovecraftian moment of like seeing the impossible angles, and that, that's their take on the origin story where he's accosted by the swarm of bats, right? And yep. so he has this epiphany of how dark and and frightening the world is, and his mind breaks, and he and he forgets that in the process of this this round the world voyage that he takes. So there's a, a kind of an awkward moment in the movie where we have a flashback to the the crime alley scene, mm-hmm. but it, it makes sense in sort of the, the trappings of cosmic horror because the character is remembering it after it's like, it's a very like dark shadows, like melodrama kind of idea that you, you experience this, this horrible thing and then you swoon and you develop an amnesia for it. you, you have like PTSD basically. And well, cause so much of it, the Lovecraft stories is like, these things are unknowable by the human mind. Right. Like even if you gaze upon them, they are incomprehensible, incomprehensible monstrosities exactly, exactly. Of, of cosmic scale. So it's just not something the human mind So your mind, mind has to like contain. build up like, like walls to like keep you sane or some version of sane. So the Batman story, the Gotham story, all these different monsters and transformations map really well to the, the Lovecraftian stuff, Dunwich horror, things like that. And, like the idea of there being these long lived Gotham characters that actually like Gotham build up around the settlement of, of pilgrims who 
committed this this heinous act that we don't we don't see we see a, sh- a shadow of a horse experiencing something terrible like they sacrifice right. a horse it looks like and and they say we did some terrible shit we're not going to tell you we're not going to show you but um <laughs> it's like it is forever tainted gotham and and the the whole arc of the story is like bruce wayne has to die and go through this crucible basically and gotham has to burn to the ground for it to be saved and to be cleansed has to be cleansed. It's just, um, it just, it maps very well. It's like we we see the stuff in Cosmic Car, but also in so many different Batman stories over the years. You know, the Dark Knight and Raish's story there, where he's like, you know, we have to burn down Gotham because it's too corrupt, decadent, and it's like it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. We have to destroy it for it to come back. It's also again. a very Mike Mignola story. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. All the kinds of things that he likes to explore it has Hellboy universe and. I went to a screening of the documentary that was made about him on the oh, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. And he did talk about, like, there were things he was starting to explore in DC books that were perhaps too out there for DC and <laughs> and ended up finding a home at Hellboy. But, he, you know, even here you can see the, the love of mythology and history and different cultures, demons. You know, there's several mentioned in this movie. He has a great love and interest in all that stuff. So it was really well put together. I was impressed mm. by the quality level of everything. Other than not being my like genre jam, I didn't really have any problems with the movie. I thought it was really well done on top to bottom. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's it's definitely probably niche. I think it's definitely not their most mainstream thing. So you're, but I like that they do it. I I had that thought while watching it that it's nice that they will still make these films about these weird Elseworlds tales. I mean, this this is not a Batman canon book. This is not a book you hear mentioned amongst the great Batman stories, but. You know, it's an interesting one, and it's different, and it's a horror one, and horror is always popular, I guess. That's probably why they did it. I like that they still blow these many years, 51 full-length films into this, and for however much longer it goes until Warner Bros. Discovery realizes this is happening. But, you know, I'm impressed they still do these things, these weird ones. Mm -hmm. Ryan, did you enjoy this as much as Paul? Not quite as much as Paul, but I did really enjoy this. I liked it a lot. It was a nice little movie to unwind with at the end of the workday yesterday. So I'm mm. very glad I was able to get it watched and and get to chat about it with you guys. But yeah, I mean, you know, thinking back to your question, was there anything I didn't like about it? Like I didn't like at first I wasn't loving Oliver Queen's characterization as a you know bootlegging drunk, but then when they kinda flipped it on its head and gave him sort of a, a I don't know, pathos in why he might be a really sad, depressed person and also somebody with a really noble, righteous goal. I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, I'm, I'm digging that now. So they, they got me back. Mm, interesting. So you would, if, if they'd never had that twist and he'd just been a uh, drunk uh, bootlegger, you would have been happy about it. Uh, it would have been probably uh, my least favorite of the like reimagined characters that were presented, but you know, a, a minor. I think that's fair. I think sure. it adds it adds a lot of dimension to like suddenly see him in this this getup, like just as a as a knight kneeling in a church. Like, whoa, where, what? What's yeah, this? Like, what is going on? Now? Like, I thought I had a gri- a grip on who this character was when everything else is so crazy and like everybody's mutating into strange monsters and stuff and hanging out in the sewers and then. You get to you get to him in the church. Like, well, oh, okay. I have to reevaluate this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was expecting some sort of more Green Arrow esque getup, and he's just full on a Grail Knight, basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness! All right, so this was this was good. This was solid. I like. I mean, I thought it was solid. Paul loved it. Ryan mm-hmm. really liked it. So I think if you're a horror fan, I mean, look, if you've listened this far and you've watched the film, but if you're a horror fan and you haven't watched this, this is probably right up your alley. Or if you like. You know, any of the things that 
we just talked about. Yeah, if, I mean, if like you're into like Justice League Dark, and if you like, yeah. you know, Etrigan and those, that side of DC, like all the, the the magic characters, I think it's it's pretty cool. We'll get to the ratings in a second, but so this was, you know, only it came only with seven weeks after the last one. It was very quick. Yeah, there's only uh, well, it's hard to say what's next because they haven't really Justice League War World was announced at Comic-Con, so that should be the end-of-the-year film. I'm excited for that. Or the summer film, I guess, is what they're saying. And then, you know, they announced that Milestone film in 2021. I don't know if that's ever happening. There's supposed to be another one. You think Discovery's really going to start slashing these? Is that what you're hinting hinting at? Or I just don't know. Normally, we know more than what we know right now. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. We only know of one more. Usually, there's a beginning-of-the-year film, a, a summer film, and then an October film. And we, instead, we had two films come out in the first quarter of this year and one more for summer. And that, so that might be it for the year. Maybe just maybe one more. Was it since the last time we talked that they announced that there's a new home for the continuation of the Batman, the animated series? Yes. It was announced since we last talked about that it's going to be on. Is it Prime, right? Prime is the new home? Yes. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't it be crazy if Warner had their own streaming service where they could like put this stuff? And as you rightfully pointed out to me, they're trafficking <laughs> their franchises. They're well, they're you know, it's a whole business discussion. But they they make more money than it costs them to host it, licensing it. But that's why they're doing it. Yeah, I'm just looking at older releases. So in 2021, we had a January film, an April film. So that's two. I'm amazed you don't already have a spreadsheet of this. Well, Wikipedia's got one. January, April, June, July, because that was the long Halloween. And then October. We had one, two, three, four. We had five films in 2021. That's crazy. We had Batman, Soul of the Dragon, Justice Society, Batman, Long Halloween, Part 1 and Part 2, and then and then Injustice. What's the production lead time on projects like this? Do you have any idea on that, Connor? Like It's long. Okay. So that, that, was, that was sort of my question is, like, are we just sort of now seeing the fallout from the hit they took during the pandemic? Anything's possible. I mean, the pipeline slowed down. I'm looking back, and it looks like three to four films is the norm. Occasionally, you get a four-film year. Like 2018, there was four films. Gotham of Gaslight, Suicide Squad, Death Superman, and Constantine. Although that was uh, short, wasn't it? 2019, there was three. Yes, 2020, yeah. there was three. 2021, there was three. No, I'm sorry. That was the year of those five. 2022, last year, there was three. The average is probably three and a half, but I'm not doing the math. Is the war world, is that one or is that like a split in two thing? I don't know. Just the, it was just announced at Comic-Con, just like war world would be summer 2023. Because I, I feel like that has the scope that it could be one of their two-parters. It's interesting. So last year there was an October release. The year before there was an October release. The year before that there was an October release. There wasn't one in uh, 2020, but it was in August, October in 2019. October 2018. There's almost always an October release for these films, and there's none on the calendar for right now. So it's interesting to see. You know, this has been going on a long time. My instinct is always the thing I enjoy will get killed, but we just don't know <laughs> what's coming. So we've seen a whole bunch of adaptations of things. Like we're running out of the wish list items. Is there are there any new things that we would like to see them tackle? Or just characters that you'd like to see. Them yeah, I don't know that they're running out. I just think we're. No, I just mean like in the beginning, we there were a, like we had like a short list, I guess, of of things that oh, I'd love to see them do this, and they've kind of hit a lot of the big ones at this point. Didn't I write an article for that Friday fanboy? I thought that I'm most sh- wanted. Sure, many books have probably come out since then. I'm guessing. Exactly. Well, I'm the, saying the question is, yeah. is, you always have to tie it to a film or a TV show, right? Mm, right. Let's go back to the list. So we got a Green Lantern film. 
because I think at this point the Green Lantern show was supposed to be out, but that didn't happen. Legion of Superheroes was basically just a cartoon version of the Supergirl TV show. Justice Society we got because they were going to be in the Black Adam movie. So you have to always think about it that way. Wonder Woman Bloodlines because there was a Wonder Woman sequel. Well, we've got a Flash movie coming up and there's no, I mean, what's a good Flash story? Mm. Because I don't think Flash has ever had a standalone movie in one of these. All right, so here we go. In 2010. Flashpoint. Flashpoint, right. 2010, yeah, they did. 2010, after watching Justice League Crisis on Two Earths at a screening at the Paley Center in New York, I wrote this article, the top 10 most wanted DC Universe animated original films. And let's see if they did any of these 10. Okay, cool. Number 10 was The Judas Contract, which, which they, they kind of did. did, right? They kind of yeah, did. Yeah, they did. No, they did Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Right. But it was like a modern, it, it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a one-to-one. Yeah. I mentioned it because that was supposed to be the second film and it, didn't, it never got made. Anyway, number nine, I said Hard Traveling Heroes. That's a... Okay. Not done, which that would be a fun one to see. Number eight was Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. They did Supergirl instead. That was the uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank arc. That's a great story. Seven, that. Batman Reborn. That's, you know, Dick and Damien. I think that's, that's going to be what the live action film is going to be. That's, yeah, that's where, uh, yeah. Cosmic Odyssey, number six. Didn't they sort of do a version of Cosmic Odyssey in the Justice League cartoon? Did they? I thought there was a whole thing with Jon Stewart and blowing up the planet. Yeah, maybe. All right. Number five, the first arc of Justice Society, Jeff Johns's. They did a Justice Society film, so I can't imagine they're going to do another one. Hmm. Number four, Robin Year One. I still think that'd be a great one. Uh, Number three, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice the American Way. They did do that one. Yes. Number two, Rogue War from The Flash, 220 to 225. That was an awesome arc. Hell yeah. yeah. I would would be down to see that animated. I think that'd be fun. The number one I picked was New World Order from JLA 1 through 4, The White Martian Invasion. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Oh, then I had some some, uh, honorable mentions. Superman Red Sun, they did do that. Batman and the Gaslight, they did do that. Dark Knight Returns, they did do that. (laughs) I I was much better hit rate on my honorable mention. You were thinking those were like less likely or? Well, I said at first I had some Elseworlds candidates, Red Sun, Gotham and Gaslight, JLA the Nail. JLA the Nail would be a fun one. That's an Elseworlds classic. So this is funny. I said there were some obvious choices that I would love to see animated, but I think are too complex to tell in one 70-minute film. And so I said the Dark Knight Returns, which I didn't realize they would do in two parts. And Crisis on Infinite Earths and Kingdom Come. There obviously there there are many more you could do like, you could do like Justice League International would be cool but my two big ones of like recent stories I would say I think it would be really cool if they did Catwoman Lonely City mm. that series oh, that was is really a good one. cool yeah that's a gorgeous book it would be amazing to see that style replicated yes. in animation and then the other one which I think is kind of in their wheelhouse in terms of the Elseworld stuff that they like to do Dark Knights of Steel. Oh, because yeah. I love I love fantasy stuff. So I yeah, think just that one's. That I mean, that be... one's not even like finished yet. Right. Yeah. But I mean, do their own version of it. I would be a little surprised if they had had a conversation at least about doing deceased because apparently that was such a big success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's I very hate that. That's very popular. That's a big story, and you couldn't even do that in ninety minutes. But you know, it's like it's like DC's Marvel zombies. Yeah. There is a rabbit. Mar- I mean, Marvel Zombies—they've tried to return to a couple of times, and I only ever read the first Kirkman book. But you know, Deceased is, has had multiple miniseries that have all been really solid. So, hmm. Ryan, anything you'd want to see? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I mean, depending on how like dark they want to go, like some of Tom King's maxi series. Like, if we could get a Human Target, or instead of that 
bad Adam Strange short if they could do, you know, that Adam Strange book or what was the New Gods one? Mr. Miracle. Yeah. So like one of those, adapting one of those stories, I think would be really interesting, but probably outside the realm of what we're actually going to get. I would not hate to see a... Superman, son of Kal-El, like some of the ideas from Tom Taylor's uh, initial run on that, I thought were pretty interesting and good and worth exploring. Mm -hmm. Could look cool. Doesn't fit with their Tomorrowverse brand, obviously. I mean, do you want a world's finest, Connor? Specifically that comic or... Yeah, yeah. I'm just scrolling through my books of what I'm actually reading right now and thinking about, you know, I know these are all I love the book. I don't know if, I don't know that the art is iconic I love that book. It's my favorite comic, but it's mostly for the characterization and the aesthetic. Like the actual plot of the demon Nezu story didn't do a lot for me. Gotham City Year One, just a like hard crime drama. I, really I would cool. have said uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, but we're getting that as a as, as a, a movie, film, yeah. as a live action film. Would you rather have it as an animated film? Almost, yeah. almost. I could see that. How about both? I would. <laughs> Chip Zdarsky's The Night we all really liked. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of fun ones. I mean, there's still a wealth, a wealth, a wealth of material out there. If I get to pick anything from like the entire, you know, history of DC canon that I think is highly unlikely for us to ever see, but man, <laughs> a Starman Oh, Oh, that would be terrific. Starman would be terrific. Oh, I would eat that with a spoon. You might need to do it as a part one, part two, or even a trilogy because it's that James Robinson's run on that was very long, but I thought, you know, it's one of my favorite DC runs of all time. You got to get the style just right on that too, because it's, I know, it's, it'd it's be such tough. like a book of that time. This movie was kind of close to that, you know, with especially with kind of <laughs> like the shade and his sort of long lividness in the DC world. So I think they've demonstrated that they have the skills necessary if they wanted to go after it. Hmm. Superman Space Age, Connor? Um, I think you're picking a, some very heady films in terms yeah. of like dialogue we're all smart guys here and i don't know if it. those would work necessarily <laughs> in animation fair enough great comics i don't know that they, you know necessarily i mean I, look i picked hard traveling heroes so same thing same problem i told you my method was just just scrolling through my books jurassic league <laughs> <laughs> How about that? the exact opposite right i'm surprised we haven't heard anything from the sean murphy white knight verse yeah i i could see them doing that yeah i could see that as well I could see that being very attractive as something that they could market very easily. Yeah. It might just be that their like car animation department is still could, oh, <laughs> exp- right, yeah. expensive or, or <laughs> this still doesn't look quite right all the time. So they might just be like, Ooh, a lot of cars in that book. <laughs> yeah. There's still a, a wealth yes. of a deep well of material. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, do these keep going? And I know people are always sick of hearing that, but you know, it's a concern. No, I think it's, I think it's a reasonable with, there's a lot of shuffling around and, a lot of With things the way getting Warner made Brothers and then, is being handled these days, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to be you know sure of anything. More mm-hmm. like manhandled, right? Very, everything's very tenuous, yeah. But you know, we will, at least we'll be back for Justice League War World. Yes, very stoked for that. I, that's a great storyline, and it feels like a like something fresh for for Superman too. Yeah, well, we don't know what the storyline's going to be, so it'll be interesting to see if it's at all related to this War World story they just did in Superman or not, or they're just using the conceit of it. Because Warworld is not a new idea. I'm really excited to talk with you guys about the Barbie movie. <laughs> I'm excited for the it's Barbie not, movie. It's not animated, though. And it's not remotely related to comics, but I, <laughs> I'm just thinking of movies that I'm excited about. Anyways. Spider-Verse. Do we need to do a special animated? yeah. Well, maybe the brain trust will talk about that as a special film. Anyway, let's rate this film and get out of here. Ratings on Batman. Oh, Paul, oh, you set the, <sighs> set the scale for me to follow your lead, uh, please. Two, 2.7? No. <laughs> 
You're saying 4.5. I'm wow. saying 4.5, right. yeah. I think I'm doing 4.25. We're, we're not here. We're going to block out your negativity with our with our radiance. It's not negativity. It's just not my favorite genre. It's totally fair. I get it. I get it. Unfair, and I reject it. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, 3.75. I think we boosted him up from where he would have gone with that. Yeah, if we hadn't, yeah, probably. I was, I was thinking about 3.5, but I feel like that's probably yeah. too low because it was a very well-made film. It's just yeah, it's the thing. It's you can't argue. This is it's just a really well made and just the pacing's great and it really does yeah. benefit from that longer running time. Oh, it really does. And you know, hopefully there'll be more of these because a couple of those films we watched could have benefited from an extra twenty minutes. Yeah, true. So we're the animated brand trust. We'll be back in the summertime, hopefully for Justice League War World. But in the meantime, we'll have special edition shows on, on the major superhero films that come out or the comic book films. We just did one on Paul and I talked about Ant Man. We talked about Black Adam. Later on comes... Uh, we did Shazam, uh, Fury of the Gods. Oh, yeah, we did Shazam. I already forgot about that. <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse comes out next, I believe, in June, and that's animated. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out after that, and that's animated. And then Blue Beetle. So good. Yeah. Turtles looks really good. Blue, Blue Beetle, Beetle exists. Really good. Blue Beetle exists. <laughs> that is a movie that exists. It has visuals. Let's discuss offline whether to do the next Transformers movie because they are bringing in the Beast Wars, Beast Wars. timeline, and that's very important to me. So I think we, we should will not be doing that. Paul, <laughs> you want to Beast Wars it with me? Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Beast Wars. So we'll be back for those. And of course, every week we have the Pick of the Week show in which Josh Flanagan and I, and sometimes Ryan, sometimes Paul, sometimes other people talk about the week's comics. You can find all that at ifanboy.com. We have a lot of shows. We've got over 1,300 shows in our feed at this point. A lot of shows to listen to and enjoy. If you have nothing but time on your hands. This was fun. I enjoyed the discussion. We'll be back next time. I'm Connor. This is Paul. I'm Ryan. When the sun shines.